unbelievers everything that they experience and all of what they see and go through. Many times they use that as an excuse to explain away God. Yes. But for the believer, <clears throat> everything that we experience, everything that we see, amen, we attribute that to God and His Word. Amen. Yes, because we believe, amen, we are exercising faith in God and His Word. Name of this song here this morning is I Believe.
Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. You know, the word esteem here, or the Hebrew word that's translated esteem, it implies not only to exalt but also to choose to conclude. Amen? And this is the essence of faith, to believe that the Word of God is indeed God's Word to you and I, and it is perfect and infallible. And, you know, sinners, just uh, as Brother Charlie was pointing out here this, this morning, they cloak their rebellion, and they often, you know, cynically ask questions like, how can you believe the Bible? But, you know, it's common for men to believe the testimony of a witness based solely on the character of the witness. Amen? And we believe the Word of God because we stand on the character of a holy, a perfect, even an infallible God. And therefore, we love the Word of God. And we esteem all of His precepts concerning anything and everything to be right. Amen? I thought here this morning is the self-attesting claims of the Bible, the self-attesting claims of the Scripture. Father, we thank You here this morning for Your Word, that we do have Your Word, Father. And Lord, we ask You, Father, to increase, to strengthen our faith here today, that the object of our faith would be You and Your Word solely and completely, that we would not entertain any doubts regarding what You have said, that Your Word is forever settled in heaven. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is the grand compact of Christianity. And thus, as you've often heard me say, to undermine or to discredit, to disesteem, or to reject the Bible is to undermine, discredit, disesteem, and to reject Christianity. And that's an absolute. There are no exceptions 
to that. When you and this often happens, you're on the street preaching, uh, uh, witnessing to people. And uh, we were at LSU uh, a month ago or whenever it was, and there was a young lady there who uh, was quoting the Bible, and, and she took exception to our evangelistic methods. But then she said she didn't even believe the Bible was infallible. Well, you know immediately she's not right with God. Amen. It's impossible to call God a liar. Amen. And then submit to the truth that makes free. In fact, we know that Jesus and the Word, they are synonymous. Amen. So our view of the Word of God perfectly reflects our, our view of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me that you esteem Jesus, but you do not esteem the Scriptures. Don't tell me that you love Jesus but you refuse to obey the Scriptures. And Jesus confirmed, He that loveth me keepeth my word, and he that loveth me not keepeth not my word. Indeed, Christianity is rooted and grounded on the Scriptures, and if the foundations be destroyed, what will Christians do? Yet in our arrogant and sin-stupid generation, unbelievers excuse their rejection of the Word of God by asserting faith in the Bible is against reason. There is no evidence, they claim, to confirm that the Bible is anything other than a collection of outdated and man-generated moralisms. And yet what most fail to see is this. If the Bible is indeed of divine origin, character, and authority, then it must bear the marks of divinity, which simply means, like God, it must be both self-evident and self-attesting. You know, just if I could just summarize or put in a nutshell, what the Holy Ghost is going to tell us here this morning is this. I believe the Bible because the Bible says so. I believe the Bible because the Bible says, why do you, the best answer that you can offer anyone when they say, why would you believe the Bible? Amen. You say, because the Bible commands me to believe the Bible. Amen. But it, uh, the scriptures reflect perfectly, amen, the character of God. And God is both self-evident and self-attesting. And thus, His Word must be likewise. The Bible being Christian's highest objective standard for truth, must testify of itself, and indeed it does. And when I use the term objective, amen, rather than subjective, we mean something outside of our own experience, something that is not subject, amen, to, you know, the inherent uh, biases or prejudices we may have. Something that is subjective is subject to our own experience. So the Bible, the Scriptures, are our highest objective standard for truth. And that standard testifies of itself. Amen. The claims of the Bible regarding its own character and its own nature are noteworthy. Amen. And we should know what the Bible says about itself. So briefly here this morning, this is what I want to look at. Amen. We're going to just look at what the Bible primarily says about itself. The Bible says many things about itself, but we're going to look at the primary um, attributes or characteristics that the Scriptures testify in regards to itself. First of all, the Bible claims to be divinely inspired. And this is no casual claim because the implications of such an assertion 
are truly eternal. Amen? To, for, for the Word of God to be inspired means that it is literally God-breathed. Amen? That's what inspired, that word inspired means. It means to be literally breathed out of the mind, out of the mouth of God, directly to you and I. Amen? All Scripture, the Bible says, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen? The Word of God testifies of itself that it is divinely inspired. There's no mistaking that. Now, for the sake of discussion, it's important that we define our terms. What exactly do we mean when we say that the Bible is inspired? Amen? What what are we talking about when we talk about divine inspiration? Amen. Today, theological definitions are often revised, and human speculation tends to eclipse divine revelation. Thus, it's essential we define exactly what we mean when we say the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Do you believe the Scriptures are inspired? Amen. What are the implications of such a confession? The modernists speak of inspiration. They speak of the inspiration of the Scriptures. But they also speak of inspiration, uh, the inspiration of other literature. They use the term very loosely. They would ascribe, amen, inspiration to uh, literature like Shakespeare and other masters of literature, amen. And so we know there's something amiss with that. For them, inspiration means something like human genius. How many of you ever met someone who speaks of inspiration on that level? That's not what we mean when we believe the Bible is inspired. Likewise, the, the common Bible agnostic who contends that no translation of the Word of God is perfect or infallible, yet all are equally authoritative. Amen. Such men define inspiration as something isolated to the Spirit, but not literal. In other words, they deny that there is literally a perfect, infallible Bible inspired where God has inspired every jot and tittle and has preserved. You know what? Does it make any sense to believe that God inspired an infallible word and then allowed it to be corrupted? That doesn't make much sense, does it? If God, amen, inspired the perfect word of God, then it makes perfect sense that that's his message to man. His original intent is that that message would be available to men. That doesn't mean there can't be a counterfeit, but there has to be an original that God has kept, or rather there has to be a you know uh, access to the words of God because that was God's original intent. Both of these views dethrone the whole idea of a real divine revelation. Amen. So we reject both of these concepts of inspiration. Hence, when we speak of the Bible as the Word of God, we do not only mean that it contains the Word of God. When we say the Bible, amen, is inspired, we don't mean that it contains the Word of God. When we say the Bible is inspired, we believe that it is the very words of God. And we should not be ashamed of that. And listen to me, when Jesus said that we should be ashamed of Him or His what? His word in this sinful and adulterous generation. We shouldn't be ashamed to believe that God has preserved His Word and that we have, amen, as the church, amen, we are stewards of the very faults and words of God to mankind. We should be ashamed of that. We affirm that the Bible is an authoritative revelation to us 
from God. Likewise, in this revelation, we believe God's thoughts are conveyed to us with infallible accuracy, and that the very words which clothe the thoughts are from God, directly from God Himself. This concept is known as verbal inspiration. And this is communicated in Second Peter 1, 20-21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We must understand this. When we talk about inspiration, only verbal inspiration can secure an infallible revelation. Now, what do you mean by that, Brother Ben? Consider this illustration to make the point. A stenographer in a large factory was asked by his employer to contact one of their leading customers to clear up a misunderstanding. He was, the stenographer, by the employer, given the following message. Quote, Gentlemen, we misunderstood your letter and will now fill your order. However, imagine the employer's surprise when a little later a letter containing the message was given to him by the stenographer for approval before it was forwarded to the customer and it read this way. Quote, gentlemen, we misunderstood your letter and will not fill your order. Notice the mistake was only of one single letter. The T in not, the W in now. Gentlemen, we misunderstood your letter and will, the employer wants to communicate this to the customer, we will now fill your order. The stenographer made a mistake and and sent or had the message written this way, gentlemen, we misunderstood your letter and will not fill your order. Amen. Just one letter. But it was entirely subversive of the employer's meaning. And yet the thought was given clearly to the stenographer and the words too for that matter. Moreover, the latter was capable and faithful, but he was, after all, human, and it is no doubt typical for humans to err. He had not his employer controlled his expression down to the very letter the thought the employer intended to convey would have failed. Amen. You see, this is verbal inspiration. If in simple matters, such verbal superintendence is necessary to secure accuracy of thought, how much more would the mysterious, transcendent revelation of God is being communicated? Indeed, without verbal inspiration, no written revelation could be reliable. Amen? And you see, we have to understand and believe that even today, Amen. From eternity, God is sovereignly presiding over. He is the caretaker over His Word. He has promised to preserve His Word perfect. Amen. And again, I I realize that there are counterfeits, but this is the key. His sheep hear and know His voice. His sheep hear and know His voice. 
So we conclude by the authority of Scripture that the Bible is none other than the voice of Him that sitteth on the throne. Every book of it, every chapter of it, every verse of it, every syllable of it, yea, every letter of it is the direct utterance of the Most High. As one wise man said, if you want to hear God, read your Bible. If you want to hear Him audibly, then read your Bible. Amen. That's a good call. Hallelujah. Amen. I've never heard God speak to me. Oh, yes, you have. Just read that Bible out loud. And God is speaking to you. Hallelujah. Secondly, the Bible claims divine authority. It says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, Ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You know, the word of God cannot be effectual in us if we do not believe that it is the very words of God. Without this, the word is not mixed with faith, and it will not be profitable to us. Its authority, though, the authority of Scripture, is grounded on none other but God Himself. There is no other authority higher than God and higher than His Word. That's why God swore by Himself. Amen. Anything that we would attempt to use to verify Scripture would actually undermine the authority of God because there is no higher authority than God. The Bible's authority is not derived from reason. The Bible does not appeal to human reason and demand obedience because our reason sanctions its teaching. No, its authority is not rational amen, in that sense. Though we believe, of course, the Bible to be reasonable because it is the word of him who is the source of all reason. In fact, there's nothing so reasonable, so logical, so beautiful in its order, amen, and its methodical logic than Christianity and the theology of the Word of God. It is, it defines, it epitomizes reason and logic, amen, but that doesn't mean it's subject to human reason or logic. No, its authority, amen, is not subject, amen, to human appeal. Amen. It is not subject to the reason of men. Amen. The Bible is reasonable. Amen. But our reason needs to be approved by the Bible rather than the Bible. Amen. Approved by our reason. You know, the amazing thing is, uh, and Brother Charlie touched on a lot of these uh, basic and fundamental ideas, the hypocrisy, the contradictions of, you know, the, the, the worldview of the sinner and, uh, you know, the, the, the atheist or what happened. The amazing thing is the same men who claim that no one can judge, that there are no absolute right or wrong, you know, moral relativism. That's very common in this hour, even for people that profess uh, to be Christians. The same people that would be offended with us telling the adulterer at Illusions Club that, uh, you know, he is on his way to hell, that he's a pervert. The same individual that becomes offended because we tell people at LSU the mocker and the rebel and the, you know, the drunkard at the bar that they're all hell bound unless they repent can so easily sit on the throne of judgment over God and His Word. They'll say things like, well, I, I don't believe that book because it promotes slavery. 
Well, they are imposing a standard of morality upon the Scripture. I thought you didn't believe there was an absolute right or wrong. I, I thought when we talked about, you know, homosexuality, you said there was nothing wrong with that, that no one can decide that someone can't sleep with another person of the same sex. And now you're going to judge the morality of the Scriptures? What hypocrisy is that? Amen. What, what a contradiction, amen. Moreover, the Bible's authority is not derived from our emotion. The Bible does not appeal to human feeling. And the Bible doesn't demand obedience because our feeling, feelings acquiesce to its teachings. Its authority is not emotional. And our feelings, again, our feelings need to be approved by the Bible and not the Bible by our feelings. Again, this is so common to talk to people. They don't agree with uh, the way that you're living. And so they begin to uh, say, well, I don't feel like this is the best decision to make. Amen. When you're simply just obeying the Bible. Or I, I don't agree with your evangelistic efforts and I feel, I, I think. You see, they are judging the Scriptures rather than allowing the Scriptures to judge them. Likewise, the Bible's authority is not derived from the church. The Bible does not appeal to the church and demand obedience because the church decrees its teachings. Its authority is not ecclesiastical. And the church needs to be, again, approved by the Bible and not vice versa. Hey, but we don't believe the Bible just simply because the church preaches out of the Bible. We, we don't believe the Bible just because Orthodox Christianity is associated with the Scriptures. You don't believe what I'm preaching to you here this morning just because I preach it, right? Amen. That, the authority doesn't come from me. The authority doesn't come from man. The authority doesn't come from the pulpit. Amen. The pulpit, amen, has authority by the Word of God. We believe this because this is what the Bible claims about itself. See, don't be ashamed. I mean, really, we, we should rejoice in things like this. We should rejoice to look at heathen, right? In the, and look, I'm, I, thought, I, I believe the Bible because the Bible is my highest authority and it commands me to believe the Bible. <laughs> oh, how foolish. I'm not the one who's foolish. It's you who are denying the obvious. The Bible claims that its authority is derived from the God who breathed it. Its authority is divine. It is of divine origin. And if we in any way, if we move away from that, we're actually undercutting and undermining the very power and the authority of Scripture. Amen. Our only response is, it is the Word of God. In the discussion... I'm here to declare. I'm here to preach. I'm here to declare, to proclaim the word of the Lord. And it is. And that's the end of the discussion. You know, so often we feel like we have to prove everything. And God, as we know, has not called us to prove anything. He's called us to declare the word of God. And the reason why is because, just as Brother Charlie pointed out, Sinners know there's a God. They have a conscience. 
and they likewise. They bear witness with the Scripture. In the same way that these atheists give their life, dedicate their whole life in an attempt to disprove God, men, think about how much time that these sinners waste trying to undermine the Scriptures. When you talk to sinners and you begin to put, uh, you know, the moral law, you begin to, uh, you know, preach the law to them so that it can be a schoolmaster to lead them to Christ, what do they do? They begin to attack the authority of Scripture. Why? Because deep within, they do bear witness that it is the Word of God. And just like I used to tell friends of mine who were sinners, uh, when I was a sinner, I used to say, if that book is true, we are in a lot of deep, deep trouble. Amen. If this is true, we are all in great, great trouble. Thirdly, the Bible claims complete infallibility. As Jesus said in John 10 and 35, and the Scriptures cannot be broken. Amen. The Bible claims of itself absolute perfection. Anything less than absolute perfection cannot be rightly defined as the Word of God. In all of its words, in all of its communication, it is without any error. Now, we're presuppositionally committed to this. Why? Because God said so. That's our reason. You don't have a better reason than that. Because God said so. Well, everybody's not convinced of my reason. Well, then one day they're going to find out. Just wait. Amen. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Amen. Everything's going to be cleared up one day. But you don't have a better reason to believe the Word of God than this. God commanded it. And it's reasonable to do so. Psalms 12 and 6, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. All the Bible says, in the sense in which it in which it says it, is true. And what I mean by that is that there are some things that are meant to be metaphoric. There are Jesus used parables. Some of those things are meant to be to communicate or illustrate truth. But for the sincere seeker, particularly though, you know, if you want, if you seek, Jesus said you'll what? If you knock, the door is going to be open unto you. I'm not suggesting any man can understand the Scriptures apart from the Holy Ghost. But if a sincere, if a man sincerely, as the Spirit of God draws him, begins to search the Scriptures for the truth and allows the Scriptures to, then it's, it's really a child could understand this. But there are some things, amen, that are metaphoric and they are to be understood as that. That a literal interpretation of Scripture does not suggest that we interpret metaphor, amen, literally. Amen. A literal interpretation of Scripture means that we take the original, we believe the original intent, amen, of what God communicated. Which means if Jesus is speaking a parable to illustrate the truth, we uh, interpret it that way. That's a literal translation or a literal interpretation of the Scriptures. What it records as history is real history. There was a flood. It happened just like God said it happened. Amen. God did create. Amen. Uh, all of creation in six days and on the seventh day He rested. It happened just that way. There was a literal, real Adam and Eve. Amen. The human race began with those two. And, and it literally happened. It happened just exactly the way God said it happened. 
Its descriptions of the origins of the universe and the processes of nature are fully and completely accurate. Anything that disagrees with Scripture, amen, that, uh, you know, uh, promotes itself as science is science falsely so-called. Where's your science book? Where's my science book? Can you explain everything? No. But if it ain't here, it's not true. It contradicts this. It's not true. Amen. This is my science book. Hallelujah. It's my authority. The record of the supernatural. Amen. Throughout the scripture. It's not fantasy. It's not imagery. It all happened. And it happened exactly as God recorded it. Amen. The Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea. Amen. The Red Sea split. Amen. Open and the, and the Israelites passed through on the dry ground. Just like God said. Everything that's recorded in the Scripture is accurate. When the mistakes of men or the lies of Satan are communicated, it is an infallible record of mistakes or lies. Why do we believe this? We believe this because we believe God and the record that He has given us of His Word because God cannot lie. Men had no excuse to reject the Bible because like God Himself, it bears witness with the intrinsic information that God has mercifully granted to every man, which is, of course, conscience with knowledge. Romans 2 and 15 verifies this, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, in other words, that knowledge that God has graciously given to every man, bears witness with the Scriptures. And that should encourage us in our evangelistic efforts. Because many times we think it's just, or, you know, perhaps not consciously, but oftentimes we're just, uh, you know, kind of led to believe that it's our persuasive ability, uh, you know, pitted against their deception. But that's not the case. Not only do we have the Holy Ghost, not only are we armed with the sword of the Spirit, God has given them a conscience. And that conscience, amen, it is an ally. Of the evangelist. Amen. And we are to tap into that. Amen. And you, and you see, listen to me. Believe, I, I don't listen to what sinners say. I don't believe that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't believe in a God. Yeah, you do. You just don't like it. I don't believe that Bible. Oh, you know it's true. You just don't like it because it condemns you. I can't stand it. Amen. Listen to me. It's a, and again, when you think back on your own experience, wasn't that the truth? Deception is so uh, pervasive. And deception, and, and again, I'm not suggesting there's not people. Most people, I would assume, have convinced themselves that they don't believe the truth or they've convinced themselves of these things. But nevertheless, deep within, there is that knowledge. Amen. There is a conscience that they're having to sear. They're having to, you know, uh, suppress the truth to flee from God and excuse their sin and their rebellion. Oh yeah, their conscience also bearing witness. And their thoughts, meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. That's what you have. All these excuses that are flowing out of people. This is the Word of God. When people say, I don't believe the Bible, you say, you just fulfilled Scripture. 
Because I just confronted you with light, and I just confronted you with the truth, and your thoughts begin to excuse. And you're just coming out of your heart, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. As I said, infidels and Bible bashers, they know the Bible is true. They bear witness with the truth, with the moral absolutes of God's law. Amen. Even with the gospel. Amen. The gospel is beautifully logical. Amen. It testifies of the justice, the holiness, and the love of a God, of a, of a, a, a benevolent a, 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 a creator who has sent Christ to die for the guilty. And every man knows. They do bear witness with this truth. But for selfish reasons, they evade the light. Why? Because they love their sin. The Bible is to be trusted with absolute confidence because this is the record that the Bible offers of itself. And of course, there's so many scriptures uh, throughout uh, you know, the Word of God that testify of this. Psalms 19 and 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Isn't it amazing how people would say, do you have a perfect Bible? No. Well, <laughs> you don't have the law of the Lord then, because it's perfect. I mean, what's wrong? It would bother me to say that. And, and we're not even, you know, discussing, you know, King James, the King James Bible or the Bible in English. We're just discussing in general the Word of God. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. And you know, how can we say that we love the Scriptures if we doubt the Scriptures? No, no, we have to believe what God has said, the testimony of the Lord. Proverbs 30 and 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that, that put their trust in Him. Every word, not just some of the Bible. Not just the majority of the, you know, the thought today that the, you know, the Old Testament is for another time and is a, a little bit different God. The whole concept of the Old Testament is to be rejected, amen, for the New Testament is Antichrist. I mean, the Old Testament is the foundation. For the new, how can, the, how can there be the plant that come forth, amen, if the seed is rejected, amen? The Old Testament is the Word of God, and they are one, seamless, amen. There's no contradiction between old and new. There's, there's no, you know, uh, a conflict between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the new. He is immutable. He changeth not. He's never changed. He is the same God. We need no other ground to believe and acknowledge this other than the Bible tells us so. You know this song? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's good theology right there. Amen. And anything else that the Bible, any other truth, we believe because the Bible tells us so. And lastly, the Bible claims absolute sufficiency. Galatians 1, 8 through 9, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now the Apostle Paul could never have said this under inspiration, 
Amen. If what they had preached was not sufficient. If anything needed to be added to it. Amen. In other words, everything they had preached was everything that the church needed to have. Amen. It is sufficient, the Word of God. All that we require to know regarding faith and practice is contained in the Bible. The Apostle John wrote in John 20, 32-31, And many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Amen. What is written, thereby you can believe and you can have life. And if you have the life of Jesus, you have everything. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and 15, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Peter wrote, amen, in Second Peter 1 and 3, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. The knowledge of him is the word of God. Indeed, the Bible is our only objective standard for truth, as we mentioned. Everything then must be measured and judged by its authority. Amen. We are to be governed by the Word of God. To be governed by the Word of God is to be submitted to Jesus as Lord. To be a follower of Christ is to believe and obey the Bible. Amen. You know, the other night when we were out there uh, at the uh, Need to Breathe concert, one of the uh, band members there, he agreed with me when I said that uh, it was wrong to charge money uh, for those to hear what uh, they were supposing was ministry. And he agreed with that. He agreed it was against the Scriptures. And then, uh, you know, then he said, well, there's, uh, you know, I'm not going to do anything about that. We love Jesus, and the band loves Jesus. We're Jesus is Lord. And I said, well, do you don't hear the contradiction? There's some kind of detachment here. Some kind of, you, you refuse to apply your own words to your own life. You're, you're refusing to obey the Bible. If I would come to the conclusion that what we are doing here is a bad testimony, that we are disobeying the Bible, then right now I would have to make a choice. We're either going to stop that or I'm not going to be a part of this. Not one more minute. He just wouldn't listen to me. And so he went on believing that he was submitted to Jesus as Lord. Amen. Because he didn't have a biblical definition of true Christianity. You can't say you love Jesus and willfully disobey the Scriptures. Amen. This is what faith in the Bible is. If a man doesn't obey the Bible, then he doesn't believe the Bible no matter what he says. Everything we need to know to live for God is contained and communicated in the Scriptures. And why do we believe this? We believe this because this is what the Bible testifies about itself. You know, when people have, in this hour they've come in, they have, you know, a drug problem. And so they uh, send them to a drug rehab center or uh, they, they have another kind of issue. Maybe they, they supposedly are troubled in their mind. So they send them to a psychiatrist. All that does is testify that those people that claim to believe the Bible do not believe the sufficiency of Scripture. No matter what you face in life, amen, the answer is contained 
right here. Amen. No matter what kind of mountain in the spirit, amen, that you would, uh, you know, have to negotiate, the instructions for victory are found right here. Amen. And there's no other place to go. There's no other place to look. There's no other uh, area that we can trust in aside from the Word of God. It is sufficient for every problem that we would face as Christians. And we can overcome through, amen, the Word of God. And we believe this, again, simply because the Bible tells us that it's true. Amen. Let's stand here this morning. I really have another part to this message, but it was too long to preach at once. We're going to talk about the Word of God again, uh, as the Holy Ghost permits. We're going to talk about the Scriptures. We're going to talk about uh, God's inspiration. Amen. How we should view the Scriptures. Amen. As Christians, we're going to look at that a little further uh, the next time the Holy Ghost gives us the opportunity. Amen. Praise God. Father, we're thankful for your truth. We know your word is self-attesting. We know, Father God, that you have provided and preserved your word for us. And Lord, we are thankful for the word of God. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would illuminate our spirits, illuminate our heart, Father God. Teach us thy word, Father. Give us a love and a hunger for your word. I pray in Jesus' name that we would believe all of your words, Father God. Father, draw us, Lord, to the word of God. We want to tremble before thy word. Amen. Why don't you find a place to pray? Just appreciate the word of God. Commit yourself to the Word of God.
When we say that we believe the Bible, we believe that it's the Word of God, we are affirming Amen. that we believe it is of divine origin, divine authority. We believe it is completely infallible and absolutely sufficient. We make no apologies about that. Amen. We should not be ashamed of that. Now think about Moses when he was commissioned to go to the children of Israel. Now just think for a minute the enormity of that task, that he's going to be a representative for God to an entire nation, millions of people, political, if you will, leaders, leaders of Israel he's going to have to approach. And uh, he was understandably apprehensive about that and said, who, what am I going to say to these people? I'm just coming out of the desert. Who am I? I'm a nobody. They don't know who I am. I'm going to show up and I'm going to say that I represent you. Who, who do I tell them that has sent me? And what did God say? You know, Moses said, could you give me an argument? Could you give me something to say that will prove, you know, that I have authority? And he said, you tell them I am that I am. And that is the, te- the testimony and the statement of a self-attesting, amen, God. Just like I am, there's no there's no argument. That's it. I am that I am. You tell him I am sent you. Oh, okay. Well, you see, this it is that it is. It's the word of God. Just like He is, I am that I am. This it is that it is. And that's that's the explanation. The only thing we need to give to the wicked, Amen. We have authority from God and from His Word. Amen. And it is the truth. And we're commissioned by this truth to declare and warn you, amen, to flee the wrath to come. Praise God. We have a sure testimony. Thank God for that. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise. You don't need to be ashamed of Jesus. 
Wherever we go, praise the Lord. Amen. Brother Joe, would you just put us with prayer, brother? bless you. We will see you tonight, 6 o'clock. Come back for prayer. Seek the Lord. Amen. Have a good day in Jesus. You are dismissed.